0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: Podcast Network's coverage of the NASP 2023 annual meeting and expo. This is Specialty Pharmacy's premier event. This three part series will feature industry thought leaders and healthcare veterans from around the country who come together to shape and change the future of Specialty Pharmacy and the patient journey. To learn more, visit the NASP at naspnet.org. That's naspnet.org. And now, here's part one of the three part series with our host, CEO the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri
2: Hey, we are here with Walmart Specialty. I'm so excited to be talking with both of you. Alida, um, welcome to the NASP uh, 2023 post-show.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
2: All right. So the expansion of Specialty Pharmacy, it's, it's just exploded. I've been in pharmacy now for 20 years, and really the last five years when it comes to technology, when it comes to patient outreach, um, when I think of health systems starting getting into specialty, it's a surge, and, and it's needed. So when I um, understand what Walmart's expansion plans are in specialty, it gets me excited because I know more people are going to get the care that they need. So I'm going to start with you, Sabine, and just give us a, an overview of, um, of Walmart's specialty pharmacy and um, some of your goals, and, and also working with the NESP.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, um, So for Walmart, we have a really large footprint um, with over 4,000 stores in um, underserved areas. Um, We're leveraging that footprint from a specialty at retail perspective to get specialty care to the patients who need it most. Um, And some of the initiatives that we have underway include our specialty pharmacies of the community that focus on um, specific disease states like HIV and soon to come autoimmune. And then we also have other disease states and services that we're focused on that basically bring access to patients, removing barriers that will allow them to get their medication and stay
3: on it. And I'll hand it over to Alita to add more. I think to add, you know, what makes me excited is because, like Sabine said, 4,000 of our locations are in areas that have been deemed by HRSA as underserved. But then also, 90% of Americans live within 10 miles of a Walmart. and so. We know that if we can meet the patients where we are, provide holistic services to them, then we can help them to care for all of their needs because we have nutrition services. You think about all all that we're doing in the Walmart Health place. If you ever go into a Walmart Health and you look at what they're offering, they have dental, behavioral health, audiology, but it also, makes us a healthcare destination because you also care in your pharmacy, optical. And so our goal with Specialty is, as we look at where patients are, are we providing the right services? And then we're really big in the community, and I tell you, when you walk into one of our locations, especially our specialty pharmacies of the community, and you talk to the pharmacy team, they know who is coming into that pharmacy, what exactly do they need? but they've also made great connections with their community partners to really service in those areas. And that makes me really proud to work with Walmart.
2: So are these specialty pharmacy, is it gonna be kind of centralized and then all the health centers within um, within Walmart's uh, geographic areas will then funnel uh, kind of like prescription management to that one location?
3: So we have our central location that will continue to provide the high touch care that is always needed with specialty. Walmart Health, We we believe in choice, so Walmart Health will continue to operate as a separate entity and we believe in providing the patients with access, but then also making sure they understand the services we have and give them choice. So maybe they don't want to go with us, but if they do, we're there. With the specialty pharmacies of the community, the way we're driving that, we're looking at the geographies, we're understanding. What are the physicians prescribing? What are the needs in that area? And do we have the right services? And so we partner with the physicians, we have community partners. So for example, when we launched our specialty pharmacies at the community centered around HIV, we worked with the Elton John's AIDS Foundation to say, who are the community partners that we need to bring in for testing? So it may extend beyond is, I, I use the word of Kevin Host or SVP, is a perfect marriage of community mm-hmm. and physician because we see ourselves as an extension of that. Um, and so our goal is to be as agile as we need to be, but leveraging our footprint to make sure that we're caring holistically for everyone that needs it.
2: I think of communities that don't have a lot of healthcare services around them. And sure enough, there's a Walmart nearby I think there's an advantage to that from a public health perspective. Can you talk to us about uh, Walmart's um, commitment to, to public health?
4: Yeah. So actually, uh, a few things there. Um, from a public health perspective, one is you know Walmart is actively in, engaged in the fight um, to end the HIV epidemic. So that's a CDC level um, uh, initiative to reduce and Ill- reduce the HIV ep- epidemic. Overall, non-disease specific from a public health perspective, this is something that gets me really excited, is how we can support our patients um, with our community health workers. So basically, if you think about the social determinants of health and how they impact patients, and even more poignantly in those rural and underserved areas, when they come into um, a, a Walmart, for example, if they come into a SPOC, pharmacists will talk to them, the team speaks to them, and where they identify that there are barriers to that patient obtaining care, those patients get connected to our central team of community health workers who have resources within that patient's community to connect that patient to whatever it is they need, whether that's um, help they need to get food on the table, rent, transportation, helping them make doctor's appointments. Uh, a copay assistance, and you name it. So they're there to help the patients, you know, overcome as many of those barriers to care as possible. And I think that just in general goes a long way from a public health perspective to improve Abs- outcomes.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, the, one of the dangers to our country is the lack of healthcare services, pharmacy deserts, um, places where some community pharmacies are starting to close up because of. Different things happening with DIR fees or something, but having a larger organization that has the footprint that Walmart does, and being able to add into it, just like you said, Alito, with vision, um, audio, um, dental, and now specialty pharmacy. There's a lot of communities that are going to rely on their Walmart to give them those services, and they're not thinking about it. A lot of people don't pay attention to their health, and to be able to catch it with a pharmacist that they trust that they're going to in the community, I think that plays um, an important role into that total health initiative that Walmart's committed to.
3: I agree, we believe at Walmart, we have a a, a program we call Moments of Care. And, And why that's important is because we believe every engagement that we have with a patient is an example or a chance for us to really show impactful moments of care. And so COVID, Right? You look at what we were able to do for COVID. There's so many other pharmacists that stood up and answered that call. But going through that, experiencing that, seeing the role of our pharmacists, seeing the roles of our technicians, we looked at it and say, how do we continue this push? How do we continue this fight? And what I'm proud of is that the investment that Walmart is willing to make to answer that call is still there. And so for me, as I look at the role that Sabine and I play within Walmart and being able to provide access, you think about it, people go to Walmart every day. Mm-hmm. I was with uh, on a visit and I looked at the number of people that were coming in to our pharmacies and they had a cart. So they're shopping there. They're getting things there. And so if we normalize it, make it routine for them, we believe that we could really be impactful.
1: I
2: agree. I really appreciate you being part of the NASP uh, Post Show. I'd love to do some additional interviews with you in the future about specialty pharmacy. It's one of the most interesting topics for us on the network. So thank you for being part of this.
3: Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. On.
2: SP2023 here in Dallas, Texas. We're here with Amanda uh, with um, VPL, Director of Pharmacy and Product and Solutions. Welcome to the show, Amanda.
0: Thank you so much. It's
2: All awesome. right, so let's talk specialty pharmacy. Tell us and our listeners exactly what does VPL do? What it, what it, how are you integrated into specialty pharmacy?
0: Sure, yeah. It's I. I think it's an interesting story. So, uh, VPL is a technology company, um, and this is obviously the the super quick version, but we got our start in the um, supply chain, hospital supply chain industry. And so we have um, products um, today that are within like 700 uh, hospitals um, all over the country. Um, But a couple of years ago, we found ourselves sort of organically um, popping up into specialty pharmacies because part of our solution enables uh, shipping we found specialty pharmacies starting to use our uh, technology to get prescriptions to patients, Um, and so that's kind of how we ended up here.
2: When I think of shipping and specialty meds, I'm thinking of temperature, I'm thinking of timing, I'm thinking of some of the most critical things that come into getting our patients started on medications. Kind of unpack that a little bit for me and what VPL is doing.
0: Sure, yeah. the, the really unique thing about what we do versus, right, if you just logged in online, you could go to, you know, any number of different websites and ship whatever you wanted from one place to to another. Um, but our solution is a clinically-minded solution, which is part of the reason why I'm here and why, why I was hired, right? Why they wanted to bring a um, clinician on board to sort of insert that lens into the process and into the product development process. So what we mean when we say a clinically-minded solution is that we're taking into account a lot of those different things that you mentioned, um, right? So it's specific to the needs of the specialty pharmacy, which is which includes cold chain and time sensitivity and sensitivity to cost, right? Um, insurance, different options that, um, you know, depending on what the drug is or what the price point is, may need more monitoring or less, um, as, as well as um, integrations and partnerships with entities and organizations and different software uh, companies that are adjacent to, and so we can um, make, make the workflow of shipping safer and more efficient, and hopefully at the end of the day, more cost effective as well. Although the most important thing is that, um, you know, we're, we're shipping meds to, to patients.
2: So now we're taking into consideration people's private homes, um, different locations, also timing of when they're actually receiving their medications. How are you coordinating all of this information with the primary um, um, platforms, the pharmacy management systems?
0: Sure, um, yeah, so um, every pharmacy is a, is a unique um, snowflake and so how we're solving that is with, with the technology, honestly. So um, there's a lot of uh, features and capabilities that are built in um, that gives gives the pharmacy, uh, the, the person who is shipping, it gives them the option to um, you know, decide okay. I'm going to need to ship this in this way, or this needs to ship in that way. Um, and then on the back end, we can we have we have all the rich you know ev- what what everybody's talking about right now, right? Data and analytics, so that we can look back and learn uh, learn from our behavior, so that we can do it better in the future. Um, and so that's what we're enabling our customers to be able to do.
2: If um, someone's listening to the post-show NASP series, what's the best way to reach out to you and get a hold of you?
0: Sure, Um, so, gosh, uh, probably just to reach out to me directly on on LinkedIn. Um, And we also have our website, getvpl.com. It's got a bunch of information, videos, um, you know, um, white papers, blog posts. um, But we're all over LinkedIn, so that's probably the the best way, social media.
2: So Amanda, uh, A-W-E. Farm D. Yes. You had me at Farm i I'm going to make a t shirt someday that says I that. I
0: love that. I'll, I will buy one.
2: Okay. Amanda, thank you so much for being part of the post show and sharing with us um, advancements in specialty pharmacy.
0: It was an honor, Todd. Thank you.
2: Thank you. welcome back to the nasp this is the 2023 post show and it's great to have you here
5: thanks todd it's always good to be here with you i really
2: enjoy it i know you are a staple you keep returning and and giving us insights and i like it
5: well you know it's fun i mean what we're doing at SureScripts is you know changing and how we're impacting specialty pharmacies and just the viewpoints that we get from our customers and hearing it and trying to take that back and iterate and build has been just amazing to be part of.
2: So what's interesting is the role of the pharmacist is changing and you as a pharmacist understood what you were doing in your early years and how that's applied now to being really a leader at SureScripts. I kind of want to Talk about specialty pharmacy, obviously, here at NASP. Tell us what's going on with SureScripts and why you're so invested in, in being a partner of the NASP as well as being here at the show.
5: Yeah, I think being a partner with NASP and what we're doing at SureScripts is so vital to just understanding the ecosystem. Right, I've been out of specialty pharmacy, although I talk to specialty pharmacies all the time, um, for four years now. So you know, making sure that I can keep up with what's going on to ensure that what we're doing is going to best support. Specialty pharmacies is so critical, and this is one of the best places to be able to do that. Um, Just because of the way that NASP is able to bring so many different aspects of specialty pharmacy together, you know, we break down barriers, we don't have to worry about who's with who and what's with what, Um, to really try to identify our opportunities. There are committees, I'm part of the technology committee, so to have those conversations with others who are developing technologies is just amazing.
2: Are there any specific uh, products or things that are very specific to specialty pharmacy that you can share with us?
5: Yeah, so, I mean, we still have our specialty medications gateway. That's one of our prime tools that we have for specialty pharmacies. I was actually able to um, present on that tool for the very first time here at NASP this year at Technology Day with um, one of our partners, Khadija Khan at Walgreens, and um, really being able to help Bring information, clinical information, to pharmacies that is coming from EHRs. Mm-hmm. So, to be able to do that breaks down, communic- doesn't break down, it actually facilitates communication. Reduces phone calls to the doctors' offices, those faxes that go back and forth that go unanswered and you have to refax or recall. Um, we're seeing great success with that. Two day faster turnaround time because of these tools, and really comes to reducing those outbound phone calls. Um, So that's the one that I'm most passionate about. That's what I built when I first started at SureScripts. But now I really have the opportunity to work with teams on how we can utilize other tools on the specialty pharmacy side. So one of the ones that we're really looking at and promoting within specialty pharmacies is what we call clinical direct messaging. So you think about an email that's going back and forth. You can now send an email, quote unquote, to the provider. It goes into their inbox where they need it to give them an update that you would have otherwise faxed over to them or Mm -hmm. called to give them. Um, so I'm super excited to be able to see how our pharmacies are going to be able to take and use that. Another one is eligibility. So we've had eligibility for a very long time. EHRs are leveraging it. But really to understand, like, what insurance does that patient have? Is it changing? And all of those types of things. So really starting to facilitate that dispensing process mm-hmm. from the start, realistically with that e-prescription, which scripts is also sending.
2: All right, so when I think of the pharmacy systems that are out there, the software systems that are out there. I'm thinking of uh, switches and different components of getting um, claims paid for. How does SureScripts work together kind of with that ecosystem?
5: Yeah, so a lot of our products are able to be implemented and integrated into them. So we see that on the retail side. So eligibility is in most dispensing systems on the retail side can be done on the specialty side as well. Um, and it's really about where that information is. Where is the best place for that to live? Is it in their clinical platform where they're managing those patients day in and day out? Is it in the adjudication platform? So there's, there's a few more opportunities there um, to help identify what that best location is. But we really know that if you can get it in workflow, it is by far the most advantageous, advantageous way to have that information
2: available. Cecilia, I always like uh, getting updates from you. Hope to have you back on a, on a series coming up just to give our listeners an update on what scripts is doing and appreciate you being here at the NASP 2023 post show.
5: Absolutely, Todd. Thanks for having me once again.
2: One of the joys for me when I come to NASP is meeting up with uh, Chris Antipas, Dr. Antipas, I'm so proud of what you've built, and welcome back to the NASP 2023 Podcast Post Show. Thanks, Todd. Always a pleasure to see you representing pharmacy in all ways,
6: everywhere. You are Mr. Pharmacy, I think. <laughs> I am the RX Father. That's yes. the,
2: the name I'm trying to get out there. I love it. As Sean Nairn says, the Toddcaster. <laughs> the Toddcaster. So um, technology is such an important part of specialty pharmacy and the efficiencies that it can drive. As well as m- the money savings, and your team um, at Paragon, as well as some of the other things that you've been involved in, has always involved leveraging technology. There's something that I want you to tell our listeners about that I'm pretty excited about, which is called Modesto Go. Would you describe to our listeners a little sure. bit about that? Modesto Go
6: is a essentially handheld device that fits very seamlessly into. Uh, an adherence packaging pod that we've created at Paragon. Think of it uh, almost like an oversized birth control ring where it's circular, it has 15 cells in it for multi-dose adherence packaging, and it's sealed with a foil uh, cover that when patients are going to take their medicine, they just puncture the cell and they take out their meds. Modesto Go fits into that uh, handheld pod And what's interesting and unique about Modesto Go is that whenever we seal the pods, we seal the pods with a foil that actually has conductive ink running through it. And when the patient punctures that foil, one of those cells, it sends a signal through the Modesto Go device that then translates that up to the cloud and it lets us know that the patient has taken their medicine. So for oral meds, we package them into our pod and then. The patient, when they puncture it, we know, and when they don't puncture it, we are sending them digital nudges, say, hey, Todd, you're due for your meds, don't forget, it's important to take your meds. And when patients are non-adherent over longer than just a few hours, that gives our clinical team the opportunity to reach out and help support them. So we're not waiting weeks to call the patient and say, you're due for your refill, and for the patient to tell us, oh, I don't need it yet because I still have two weeks left <laughs> and we are asking questions there. We're, we're knowing in real time whether or not they've taken their meds. And it's not meant to be like Big Brother, but uh, it's more so supportive and, like I said, nudging the patient
2: to help them uh, along their healthcare journey. Chris, I can't remember what therapies it is, but I've heard of certain oral therapies that demand um, the medication be taken within certain time frames. True. And it gets real sensitive even down to the hour. Do you think Medesco Go has a has a place to play here? I think absolutely. I mean, re- realistically, there are not a ton of drugs that fall into that category, but
6: uh, you definitely, you know, maybe as opposed to within, an, you know, 30 minutes, there are some drugs where you want to take really every 24 hours. Uh, but other drugs, you definitely do want to keep them within a few hour window. But, you know, we we're really looking for the lower hanging issues of people just not taking their meds at all and not knowing about it. So when you're thinking about some of these new innovative oncology therapies that are very expensive, so you got the payer perspective of, hey, we're, we're spending 10, 15 plus thousand dollars per month on this therapy. We want to make sure they're taking it, but then we also know that these drugs cause some serious side effects. So when you're staring down the, the, the prescription vial of your medicine, you're thinking, do I really want to put this in my body? I know that I need this to overcome this, you know, condition, this specialty condition, or this cancer. I'm trying to survive, but I feel terrible. Uh, you know, oftentimes we're finding patients are actively choosing not to take that medicine, and it's not to say that having this device is going to, you know, solve that problem. But I'm at least going to know, and I can make that call and say, Todd, what's going on? I, I, I'm, I know you're probably, you know, really dealing with these side effects, yep. uh, but we're here to support you. Don't forget you can do X, Y, or Z to help mitigate feeling like you got run over by a truck. Yep. And uh, so we're, I think one of the common themes that we, that rings whenever we talk about technology is that, oh, we're gonna replace the human touch. And we, at least at Paragon, are, are trying to use and leverage the technology to, to make our personal touch even more personal and you know, you could think about the application of this with so many conditions, so many drugs. Yep. Um, and then we have other technology that can do the same type of thing for injectable drugs using NFC chips and NFC stickers. And I, I think it's really exciting to be here and see that really technology has been a I'm, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people. Technology is is very much a theme at this particular show. And we're really excited that the attention is going
2: there, and we're hoping to be a pioneer and kind of lead the way in certain categories related to technology. You and I were talking about application specifically Medesco Go, around um, psychotropics and, and behavioral health. And I'm also thinking of the world of clinical trials, sure. where they need to make sure that the patient is taking in order to keep things um similar to another patient. So you have 500 patients that are on a med and now you know everybody's taking them. Kind of talk talk to us about where Medesco, where Medesco Go could go. Yeah, right, sure. And I think what's so interesting about clinical trials is
6: I mean, COVID, we always, I mean, we're, are, we, are we ever not going to talk about COVID? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. I know. <laughs> uh, one of the impacts it's made is in relation to the clinical trial industry, uh, the notion of a decentralized trial where people couldn't get to clinic sites. Yep. They didn't want to go to clinic sites uh, for various reasons. And so drug manufacturers kind of accelerated this notion of, you know what, maybe we could use a pharmacy to distribute our product, mm-hmm. uh, our investigational drug, as opposed to forcing people to go to a clinic site, pick up that product, uh, and then navigate all the challenges of dealing with inventory at a site and the lack of data management. I mean, there's certainly some solutions out there for that, but working with a pharmacy partner makes a lot of logical sense. And when you can then add to those pharmacy capabilities this notion of knowing in real time and nudging and making sure that people are following the rules so that you can get to that you know, clear outcome of how your drug is, you know, efficacious or all the other variables you're trying to track. Uh, I think it, we're, we love that. We've talked to some manufacturers, and we're, we're in some discussions around that. But certainly, uh, as others listen to this and they think, you know, get a little light bulb going off in their head, we'd, you know, we, we definitely see application for our technology in that
2: case. All right. Share with our listeners how to reach out to you, best place to get a hold of you.
6: Yeah, so you can uh, reach out to me. at uh, My email is chris at paragonhealth.org, P-E-R-I-G-O-N. Uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Chris Antipass. You can find me all over the place. I certainly... Use... Reach out
2: to me. I'll definitely yeah, put you in touch with Yeah, Pastor Todd
6: and uh, Pharmacy Podcast Network. But great uh, great being here with you. And I, I, my closing comment is thanks to you. You are uh, the the megaphone for our profession, for all of the intricacies, the manufacturers, payers, pharmacies, what we're doing, and in also for patients. So you're not touching patients directly, but your work t- definitely touches patients. So thanks to you and the Pharmacy Podcast Network for all you do.
2: Well, I appreciate you and uh, go
6: Stealers. Yes, here we go. It was great. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Todd.
2: Hey, I'm here with Dan Brooks at the NASP Annual 2023. Dan, it's so nice to meet you.
1: It's great to meet you, Todd. And the Brooks Group is delighted to be here with a strategic partner with NASP, deep in the heart of the Republic of Texas. (laughs) So Sheila Arquette just introduced us and says
2: that you have a very special program that you'd like to share with our listeners, and we want to hear about it.
1: Great. Uh, The Brooks Group and NASP have partnered together, and what we can provide you is the opportunity for your customer-facing team, and that can include whoever you need, whether it's clinical, medical science, uh, could be market people the ability to prepare and put your value proposition in front of the NASP board and critically get their feedback on it. That's the second component of the partnership. The first component would be the day before that the Brooks Group would work with your team to be sure we refine their uh, their value proposition and that they can get it out clearly and concisely and proactively engage the NSAP board to get feedback. We call this executive level presence, the ability to proactively seize your audience, project competence, and instill confidence people wanna work with you. It's all about getting it out concisely and getting out what's important to your audience versus mm-hmm. what is important to us, and then proactively engaging them to get their feedback so that we can refine this uh, value proposition based upon the superior insight we get from the NASB board.
2: Excellent. So I'm thinking of technology companies. I'm thinking of pharma manufacturers. Who's the candidate for uh, this program?
1: Uh, You know, it's funny, people often think this is uh, directed towards market access people or sales people, and then I typically will ask someone, where does your most career make-or-break meeting take place? And those folks will usually say one of their larger customers, my life experience is your career make-or-break meetings take place internally in your company, Mm -hmm. in front of your boss and your boss's boss and these skills are tailor-made to help your career. So they'll go far beyond just the one meeting with the NASP board. These will go with you for a lifetime for your career. These are processes. This is not stand up and be a comedian in front of the audience. (laughs) This is how do I actively read the audience and I decide how to engage them and manage the feedback.
2: Dan Brooks, we appreciate you. Thank you for being part of the Post Show. Um, You're welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast Network anytime. Thanks so much for having me, Todd. Appreciate it. An aspect of the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy, not only advocacy, leadership, connectivity, we're here at the NASP 2023. Another important component of it is the law of pharmacy. Jeffrey Baird is here with us from Brown and Fortunato. Jeffrey, thank you so much for being part of the NASB Post Show. You bet, Todd. Thanks for having me. So, tell us about yourself and what you do and how you help the National Association of Specialty Pharmacies.
7: You bet. We are a uh, Texas based law firm um, with a very large healthcare group that I head up, and we represent uh, pharmacies and other healthcare providers in all 50 states. Um, because of that, we you know we became involved with Sheila and NASP a number of years ago, and really support everything that it does for its, its pharmacy members. Our law firm, um, and and what's interesting, what many members of many non well, most members of NASP certainly are not attorneys, and what they don't realize is that there's a large attorney component to NASP. I am co-chair of the association's legal committee, and we are a group of about, well, I'd say 25 attorneys um, throughout the United States who, and we all specialize in representing pharmacies, um, specialty pharmacies, and we as a as a group of attorneys, we come together and we sponsor or put on or oversee, if you will, Legal Day, which is a... Which is a workshop here at the conference, but more importantly, throughout the course of the year, we put on um, webinars, um, video conferences, we publish uh, white papers and other documents for um, the non member NASP members to use. Um, and, and our goal as attorneys, that you know, our law firms are members of NASP, we're here to be a resource. Um, to the um, to the association much of what we do is off the clock and we are just proud to be able to support Sheila and her team and the association
2: so give us an example for listeners who are tuning in maybe they didn't get to to attend the NASP um, annual event give us some examples of how a specialty pharmacy leverages your firm
7: oh absolutely it um, I mean with our firm we have 16 attorneys in our healthcare group the firm is much larger Um, And we represent a a large number of specialty pharmacies. So how it affects our law firm, Brown Fortunato, is that we get to basically partnership up with our um, specialty pharmacy clients. We get to understand their operations so that we can guide them, you know, on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis so they don't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the... um, we like to be proactive, and our preference is for clients to make good decisions up front as opposed to inadvertently stepping down on land.
2: Okay. Excellent. So. We'd like to have you back at some point through the NASP's podcast, just talking about some of the issues that have come up, maybe even some examples of sure. cases uh, without identifying, sure. of course, people. But um, because this is a murky water that a lot of probably specialty pharmacies don't understand. And like you said, they accidentally get into some issues.
7: Well, Todd, you're raising a good point because <clears throat> specialty pharmacies live in the proverbial glass house. They are high, we as a pharmacy industry were highly regulated, and because uh, a lot of money that's paid to specialty pharmacies come from taxpayers, the I mean Medicare part, D, Medicare Advantage, different types of state and federal programs, then pharmacies have to be really careful because there are a lot of federal and state laws, particularly anti-fraud laws, that can really catch the unwary, yeah. and so. Um, you no, know, and, and I get it that most non-attorneys are not going to really know what these laws are. For example, I'm, I might be a decent attorney, but I've got no idea what you do um, with uh, podcasting and the media. And so many, um, especially pharmacies, don't really understand. And so um, we try to work with them just to keep them um, out of harm's way.
2: Excellent. Well, we appreciate you participating sure. in the NASP 2023 um, show. And um, I look forward to having you back. Yeah, love to come back, and we'll get down
7: into the weeds. And I can go, I can become as granular as you want to. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Todd.